you're listening to Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is for the doers, dreamers, and makers of the world. For anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play, who struggles with creative blocks, or who's trying to figure out how to make a living while making art, I'm here to stumble through the madness by your side. Once you finish listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast. Leave a comment and tell a friend. It will really help me out. You can also join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group after the show and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ecppodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. For today's episode of Everyday Creative People, I want to introduce my guest, uh, Miriam Castillo. She is a visual designer and illustrator who is based in New York and in Valladolid in the Yucatan in Mexico. Um, and actually, she's not just a visual designer and illustrator. Uh, she does many other things, including working with, uh, with fabric and um, clothing and uh, yoga <laughs> and all kinds of different pieces. Uh, so she um, uses whimsical hand-drawn illustrations to explore the world through both fantasy and the proximity to nature um, and is sort of finding a path in mixed media. So I'm excited to explore all the different ways in which Miriam is practicing creativity. And actually, I think if I uh, if I have it correct, is also supporting other people um, to implement creativity into their lives. Um, so welcome, Miriam, to, to the, the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dina. So to start off with, can you, I mean, just first of all, with the, um, my little introduction, <laughs> is there anything that you feel like was, was missing from that or that you want to um, enlighten? No, I mean, you're on? right. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a mixed media of things. I mean, I'm just exploring many different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe murals. I also do murals. So oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So there's, there's so many different things that uh, it's, it's easy to even forget <laughs> one or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so Miriam, can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Um, how did you, what is your earliest memory of um, creativity in the arts? Um, well, it's funny because when I was a little girl, very young, I remember in Mexico, uh, where I was living, there was a, a, a school that it said in very big, uh, letters, graphic design, hmm. diseño gráfico. And in that moment, I kind of knew I wanted to study that. That was kind of like my, how old were you? Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe seven, eight. Wow. Yeah, and I think when you are that age, seven, age, uh, seven, eight years old, it's when you start realizing how to contribute artistically or creatively. Mm. Um, and I don't know, it was very, for me, it was like, sure, I wanted to, to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, things change and it, it turned different. But um, yeah, it was very clear for me at that age. Uh, yeah. So I think that's in a way easy because when you have clear that you want to be something and at least you have an idea and yeah. that helped me so when you when you were seven because that is a very young age um when you were seven and you saw this phrase you know graphic design um 
What was your conception of what that meant at that time? I don't think I had a clear idea. I just, uh, <laughs> I just think it was just like a creative thing. And I was always drawing. Um, it was something that I, I did with friends. And I was kind of like the, the one that was telling uh, other friends what to do or what color. Like I was sort of guiding them. So, so I just remember um, drawing all the time and thinking that I, I like it a lot. And probably, I don't know, probably somebody told me, then you should be a designer or whatever. But I think that was the connection because I always had this creative element of uh, drawing. It was something that uh, I related directly to that. So you, at seven, saw this graphic design and knew that there was, uh, that, that that was resonant for you and that was something that you wanted to do. And how, at what point did you actually start really working towards that as a career goal? Um, I think just um, finishing school and going to the, to the university and going through graphic design and just feeling that it was something in a way easy. I think mm -hmm. that was like a validation for me to, to think that that was correct. You know, like that's what I was mm. meant to be. Um, but when I moved to New York, I feel that, I realized that in reality, uh, what I should have studied was illustration, not mm. graphic design. But back in the town where I was uh, living in Mexico, there was no such a thing. Yeah. So when I arrived in New York, I realized like, oh, this is what I wanted. Huh. <laughs> not the other. Okay. So for people who are not well-versed in uh, the, the terminology of these different worlds, can you describe to me the difference between illustration and graphic design? Well, it's, it's very different. I feel like they are both, they have elements of art um, and they are um, for, uh, for somebody else. I mean, you're working for somebody else in a way. You're making things beautiful in graphic design. You're making things presentable or you're organizing things visually. Mm -hmm. And for illustration, I feel it goes more into the, the work of creating an image that is going to represent an idea. Um, more for writing, for, for books, um, for, I don't know, newspapers. Mm -hmm. it, it's more like this image that it's talking, it's translating an idea. It could be a book, it could yeah. be an article, it could be... And graphic design, it applies in many, many, many things. It could be both for branding, for web. Right. Um, so I think, in a way, they both are technical and artistic. Yeah. I just I feel illustration is more free and it also connects more with the artist um, mm. because you create uh, a style. Yeah. And then it's, that style could mean anything, you know, like it could be the best uh, asset of the, of the image that you're seeing, the style, like simple, complex, whatever. But it's, it's the expression of an artist talking about somebody else's idea. Yeah. There's, there's more of an expressive uh, process sounds like yeah I feel I mean with graphic design as well but I think illustration has has more of that in mm. a way mm. so um when you realized this like you were working in graphic design at the time um well yes I when I finished school I worked for a year in an agency okay um, then I saved money and I said, okay, I'm going to travel a little bit. And I came to New York thinking I was going to stay here for six months. 
and it ended up being 12 and change. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so in when I arrived and I and I was looking for a job or something to do, I I kind of like labeled myself an illustrator as an illustrator because I knew that I knew how to draw and mm. um, I thought like I could do that easily. And I started looking for things related to that. And and I found a job actually that they were looking for illustration for textile design. So that's how mm. that led me to the textile design. Interesting. World. Yeah. Uh, so not having had any background in textile work, like what was that transition like for you? Um, it's It's been a process. I think both <laughs> illustration and and textiles, I mean, obviously, these are very serious careers that people study for years. Um, so it's just a process of you having to search for everything and ask people and guess or find your own way. Um, for illustration, I feel that it took me a while to to find my my own voice, my own image that represents me or my own style. Hmm. Um, and then for textile, it's been a little bit different because I do some part of it. It's, um, it's the more visual part and then the more technical side. Um, I don't mess with that. I could mm-hmm. do it because I learned it along the way, but I'm more interested in the creativity, sure. creative side of, sure. of that. So, okay. Could you describe for me, you know, so you're, so now it, it sounds like you're sort of, putting together multiple different pieces um, to make a career as mm-hmm. a whole. So can you um, sort of paint a picture for me of like, what, what does that actually look like in your life now today? How, how do all these, what are all the different pieces that you're doing and how do they fit together? Okay. So I do, I still do graphic design. I still, I still work, um, Sometimes I devote my time on that as well as illustration. And sometimes illustration becomes a mural um, or a book, you know, mm. like, so I'm just kind of like doing things as, as they come uh, because I'm self-employed. So I try to look for projects that I interested in that I, I will enjoy in that sense, you know, yeah. um, as well as doing other things for textiles, um, other projects that, I started my company, my clothing company last year. Okay. So these, these days I'm trying to focus more on that. Um, but it's a mix of all these little things that I, that I like to do, you know, like it's basically, I like to focus more or put more of my energy into illustration and textiles mm-hmm. for now. I mean, it always changed. It's always changing. Last year yeah. I was working in murals and illustrations for some books and some textile design and so so it's always a mix I, I feel like I'm always busy doing either one thing or the other so mm-hmm. I can't really say like I'm doing just one thing right yeah now. <laughs> there's sort of an ebb and flow of the different types of types of work yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that that way you don't get bored <laughs> yeah it sounds like it how did you um how did you move from working for a company into working for yourself? Um, so in the first uh, job that I mentioned that I got, um, when I arrived to New York as a textile designer, I, I'm still working for them. It's, it's more like 
it's something that it's there and I don't need to be in an office. I, mm. At the beginning, I, I was going to their office. Uh, now that I don't think that's necessary. So I have two or three projects that they are um, remote. I can work from wherever I want. Um, and then the rest, uh, I just, I just kind of like kept going that way, you know, like, yeah. Um, it's been a flow that things come and go, you know, like if it's not one thing, it's another. Um, so yeah, I feel like probably in the last five years, it's when I started getting really busy mm -hmm. before it, it, I was sometimes like thinking, okay, what I'm going to do now. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the best thing you can do when those moments come is to hire yourself, like to set yourself your own projects and, mm. and work on them and just keep yourself busy because in a way I feel like that work is going to bring you more work direct yeah. or indirect, you know? So. so can you give me an example of like one project that you've done just for yourself um, in, in one of those moments? Yeah. Well, uh, when I was uh, starting inter being interested in doing murals, I, mm -hmm. Um, I was living in Bushwick probably six years I and mean, since, yeah, more than six years ago. I have been in Bushwick for a long time and I don't know if you know that area in Brooklyn, but now it's like full of murals everywhere. Yeah. Um, so very much at the beginning of that, I was living in this street that somebody was interested in doing a collaboration of more artists to do one big mural. So, so I was... Uh, happy to do it you know like no payment whatsoever just here that's the wall do it um, and obviously I signed my name along with other artists that did the mural and mm -hmm. I think it got really popular because of all this boom of the Bushwick collective mural collective mm. um, so that went online um, and then oh, well. uh, when you will look for murals or uh, I don't know, female muralist or, you know, like yeah, it, people searching online or Brooklyn muralist. I guess that's how uh, a couple of people found my work. Hmm. Uh, and because they like my style, they, they hire me to do other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I that's know. awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what led you to start your own clothing company? Um, that's been something that was on the back of my mind for a long time because I also, around five years ago, I started uh, going into the quest of uh, learning how to teach yoga and learn all about this science. And so uh, because of that, I wear leggings most of the time. And, and I always thought like, oh, it would be cool to have my own like drawings because I also, a lot of my work mm. now it's inspired in all of these topics um, by yoga in a way. And I just, I just had like, I had one specific uh, mural that I did that was inspiring Kundalini and Kali, which are big topics in the yoga world. And, okay. and I thought, oh, this, this will be amazing in, in a pair of leggings. And you know, like you see very cool leggings everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's like a trend. And I just always wanted to do it. Um, and for a while, it kept being just an idea. And at some point, uh, talking to people, I started like knowing how to like finding ways to to make it happen. Uh, but still, it took me a while because I mean, more in a more serious way, it 
it meant to put uh, money and time, you know, like it was, it was a little bit of an investment. Yeah, sure. Um, so finally last year I said, okay, this is, this year is the year I have to do it. Uh, and I just started with two designs and it was last year, September, around September. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they had a very good response. So that made me very happy. I, I just felt like, okay, I should do more. That's it. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. So what has been, um, what has been the most challenging? I mean, I'm hearing you sort of talk about your, your story, your journey. And, um, it sounds like in a lot, like as you tell it now, uh, it sounds like, oh, okay, well, you know, I did this thing and then that led to this other thing. And then that led me to this thing. And, you know, oh, I was, you know, had a period of time where I, felt like I needed more work. And so then I made this mural and then that got me exposure on it. It all sounds very easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that probably is not the case. <laughs> um, so I, what would you say has been the biggest challenge um, in, in building your career to where you are now? Um, well, being patient, I guess. Um, mm. Well, I have to say that I have been very lucky to find uh, projects that they have been with me for a long time, and that they meant that they are a little bit of a steady income, and therefore sure. I don't stress a lot about uh, the rest. Mm-hmm. So probably that's why, to me, seeing art, it's been a very relaxed thing. You know, like it's I'm not stressing out because I have to make my living out of it. I mean, it is in a way now because obviously I'm focusing more on my work and that's what makes me very happy. Uh, But I also enjoy the other side, you know, like what I studied as a designer helped me and it's been something that I also enjoy. And I feel that I have more than one passion or more than one one way to put out my creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, The main struggle I will say at some point is that um, when I started studying yoga and going through the teacher trainings and just kind of like switching my mind into, okay, now I want to do this new thing and realizing that in order to, to become a teacher and to, to work uh, as a yoga teacher in New York, it was a big hustle and it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time. I mean, also art, it's a hustle, you know, there's so many, especially in New York, it's such a competitive city. And there's so many things happening and there's always one person that's going to do it. <laughs> so it's, it took me a little bit of time to realize like, okay, I really want this. I really like yoga and I want to do it. And I also really like art and I want to keep doing this. I want to continue. And finding the time to do both, it became a little bit impossible. Hmm. Uh, because for yoga, you really need to put time in practicing teaching, studying, yeah. it's, it takes a lot of energy and time. So for a while, when I uh, started doing that, I put like a year aside of my artistic work and I felt something missing, you know, there was a lack yeah. of that part being just shut down. And so I decided that, no, okay, I need to find a way to mix it. So probably having more than one thing that it's in your interest, there is 
I think that neglecting one, it's going to be a sad thing to do. You know, like it, it's more time, but it's also worth to, to find the way to do the things that you enjoy and the things that you feel that the time goes by and you're not really working. When, I mean, at the end, work is work and sometimes it's going to suck anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> if you find the things that they are something that it's really your passion and it's one is more than one, then you have to find the way to mix them. So for me in the last years, it's been like, okay, I'm not going to quit this. I'm not going to quit that. So I need to find more time besides all the other things that you want to do in your life. It's not all about work. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, uh, where, where is that separation for you between, uh, your, your working time and your, uh, you know, personal time, how, how do you make that separation? Well, to be honest, it's really hard <laughs> because <laughs> being self-employed is, it means you are your boss and you tell yourself when to stop. And if you don't do that, then you end up working more than any other kind of job. Hmm. Um, you have to have a lot of discipline to do these things and to find a routine that helps you to, to manage the time. So I find out that for me, it's really important to work every day. You know, like I, there, I can't really relax if I go on vacation because I'm always working. I bring my (laughs) computer is, I feel weird if I'm, if I'm not doing some work, you know, like, Mm. so, but that in reality translates that I will work, three hours a day, you know, like, uh, like, sure. so I guess, I mean, it's, it's something that changes every day. It's not something that is always the same. I'm and for the last 10 years. I don't think it's always the same for me. Like it's always changing and that has uh, good and bad, you know, like that's, that's good because you, you don't get bored and there's always something else different happening or not, you know, like sometimes nothing happens, mm-hmm. but um, in that sort of chaos or freedom, you need to find discipline, like a lot of discipline to, to find those three hours or four, whatever time you need to work and make this happen. Or if you don't have work, at least to find things that you want to do, opportunities, research, talk to people, network, whatever, but you need to find that time. And then devote the rest to what you like to do. In my case, because yoga is one of the biggest things that brings me joy as well. Just finding the time to work and finding the time to go to a class, that's enough. That's, that's yeah. my day. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, um, I mean, do you, does it feel like work to you when you're uh, teaching a yoga class, for example? Yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, I think I like yoga or teaching because it's a, it's a big challenge. Uh, sadly, this, this year I haven't been able to teach uh, the typical yoga classes. I haven't done other things related with yoga, but because I have been traveling, um, I went to Mexico for three months. Um, I, I can't really commit to the studio, so mm. I stopped teaching. But when I was doing that last year, it's really, it's an effort. It's a challenge. I mean, for me, I think for other teachers, it might come easier or if we're practicing a lot every day, (laughs) seven days a week, then it's very easy. But 
because it's something that I have kept as a very like yeah it's it's something that I enjoy I, I enjoy but it, I'm not doing it every day uh, mm -hmm. so so it is it is it is challenge but it's also fun I think yeah, Both things. yeah but it feels like work too it takes a lot of energy mental energy yeah yeah and it's it's interesting because it sounds like even though in some ways the work that you've put together for yourself there's sort of like many different directions in which you might be focusing your energy but also it, it sounds like there's sort of a it's like all of the different pieces kind of fit together as well um like you've really tapped into sort of a larger sense of personal mission or purpose. Does that, uh, does that resonate as true for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting when I went to the teacher training, the second teacher training in Bali at Suna Yoga, um, there is this kind of exercise or little workshop that we, we uh, among the group we talk about our dharma in hindu the word truth uh, is dharma mm. and it's basically your soul's purpose mm. so um, for as an exercise in this in the training uh, they help you after meeting you for some days or weeks that you know a little bit of these other people uh, they they try to to find your dharma or help you to to kind of like clarify what's your mission hmm. you know so in my case everybody said like creative inspiration which means okay you're going to inspire people with your creativity and i mean that could be kind of obvious if you're an artist and you think okay yeah well i mean some people it's going to connect with my work and that creates a, a vibration you know between mm -hmm. when you see something that you like and it's it's like you know like it's like you and you you feel like this resonation with the artist um so in in that way i think it's it's obvious and i'm doing that and it's something that i'm very happy when somebody likes what i do and you know like it's it's there like something living and happening all the time um but in another way if i want to do that more serious or in a more professional way i need to to make it happen in a more in a different um, setup rather than just showing my work. Mm. And one thing that I have been experiencing uh, the last year and this year was a color meditation workshop uh, that I did uh, with the magazine, New Year Life Yoga Magazine. Uh, they do this retreat that it's based on yoga and art. And okay. when I saw they, they started doing that, I was like, wow, that's me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that sounds like me. That resonates with me. So, so we created this workshop and it's basically mixing some parts of yoga, some parts of spirituality, creativity and art. And it's mm. just bringing a group of people together. And I create a big canvas that we're going to color. And we'll know that coloring has similar effects as meditation. So I will start the workshop with, uh, meditation that it's more inspired into awakening your creative self mm. and and then we follow to to collaborate and co-create this piece and the experience has been wonderful because it's me bringing something to a group of adults which most of the time they come in as adults and then they ended up going out of the room as children you know because 
yeah. this activity connects you. Yeah, and they, they really act like ch child, <laughs> like kids. <laughs> yeah, it's so, uh, it's so interesting how we, we lose that part of ourselves, um, but then that's like the part, like our child part of ourselves is, I, I feel like that's the part where we hold the most joy. Yeah, I mean, when you allow yourself to be, uh, to connect with that, to be a kid, to, I mean, being that means to be careless, you know, like not to think about what yeah. other people think or what they're going to say or how following rules. You just, when you're a kid, you don't do that. And you're hmm. free. So, yeah. So yeah, tapping more into, into that part of yourself that for a lot of people, it's okay. They, they, they never stop being that, but for other people, it's a, it's a release. I, I feel like I've seen, uh, some participants really enjoying this activity. I mean, really like engaging into the action because it's, it's really connecting to your childhood because that's what you used to do all the time. And, mm -hmm. and now we don't, we don't allow ourselves to be playful. You know, there is, a, yeah. there is a quote from Picasso saying that every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist when you grow up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually... Um, do, do you know who Sir Ken Robinson is? Sir Ken? No, no, I don't know. No, he's he's British, um, but he that's like his life's work is uh, helping people to understand um, what creativity really is, and uh, but also that that like all children are are born with creativity this is not something that is like a privilege of the select few yeah yeah exactly that 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 all of us and actually there's like a nasa uh nasa came up with this project because it had something to do with like how do they identify the people who are actually like the best uh candidates for being nasa engineers <laughs> but creativity <laughs> like a really big part this. of that <laughs> and they ended up doing this study where uh you where they found that um they, they sort of developed a series of questions uh to sort of test for creativity um for for the ability to sort of do creative problem solving and all that kind of stuff and um maybe what it was i'm now that i'm thinking about <laughs> talking through this i'm realizing I, <laughs> I i i should step back for a minute i think what it was was they created this sort of um, test of, of creativity, creative problem solving ability, et cetera, uh, for adults um, to get a sense of like, you know, who would be the best candidates, who would be most successful at NASA. Um, and then somewhere they got the idea to actually give this same test to children. And they found that like 98% of five-year-olds uh, excel at this test for creativity. And then by the time the kids are maybe 10 or 11, it's gone down to like 50%. Wow. And then by the time they're 18, it's only like 2%. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that really like, uh, and so Ken Robinson talks about this, this study and his thing and talking about how like our education system really trains our creativity out of us in many ways yeah yeah i think um, um <laughs> some people are lucky others not you know in terms of having parents that either or engage you to yes. to continue painting all the walls of your house or to say just paint here in this little block you know like it's mm. uh yeah it's, it's something that 
it's embedded in us. I mean, just looking at the universe, it's, it's full yeah. of creativity. I mean, it's an endless source of, you know, like it's, it's just insane. Like I think like creativity, it's part of the creation. Like it's, it comes mm -hmm. from it. So it's like you said, I agree completely. Like everybody has the potential. We just have different ways to express creativity. It's, it's yes. And some people, they are blocked in the past for whatever reason, you know, like for the kind of life they have or whatever it's that mm -hmm. they didn't allow to continue mm -hmm. this kind of uh, work. Yeah. So how do you, do, do you, uh, in, in the work that you do with these coloring meditation sessions, um, but also with other, um, you know, maybe more of your yoga practice or whatever it may be, um, do you encounter a lot of people who are coming to these sessions from a, a sort of a more blocked place? Um, yeah, I mean, so the last one uh, that I did in at Kripalu Center, it was just like three weeks ago, and it was the whole weekend of of a retreat of different people, artists uh, that have some sort of combination of spirituality and art. Um, and it was really interesting to see because uh, most of the attendees, they come because of the reason that they want to find ways to explore more the way they work or the way they create. So hmm. they are not artists or they, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like in this world, sometimes people need to give you labels to validate who you are, either going to school or, you know, like getting a degree and whatever. And I feel for art, it's not such a necessary thing uh, to, to have to be validated by somebody else. You know, like they, they tell you, oh, you're an artist or not. Uh, mm, yeah. Because we all have that potential. Uh, but the beliefs that you are not because you don't have these degrees or you, or you are not uh, good enough, mm -hmm. it's what is blocking, you're blocking yourself out of that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people there were in that situation where they feel that they, they don't really know how to, to, to have this sort of creative life. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think creativity comes in anything that you do every day I, as a, you know like just the way you dress or cooking or i don't know you need creativity for many things even to, to speak you know like <laughs> for everything we use creativity every day yeah uh, but the beliefs of not being good enough or yeah like you didn't go to school for that i mean it's for me illustration or textile design i mean of course, along the way, I have had to learn and I went into courses or, you know, like you need to find the tools and the skills to, to make it happen. You just don't say it. You, you, you make it happen. But it's a long process. And yeah, um, I feel that the problem is when, when you believe you're not good enough or you can't do it or mm. you compare yourself uh, to, to other people that they are doing it. And then you are like, oh, no, I'm never going to be like that. Um, mm. but it all starts with just not believing that, you know, like changing that. Yeah. yeah. I was just having a conversation earlier today with a friend of another friend of mine, who's also a coach. And she was talking about, um, like, how do I, at what point can I call myself an expert? You know, like, and, and, and if I call myself an expert, are people going to, uh, 
call me a fraud, you know, or like, uh, ha- like, how do I claim this, this thing? What, what does it mean to be an expert? Um, and we were talking about, um, that how in reality, so much of it has to do with actually how confident you, the confidence that you feel inside yourself. Totally. And that w- when you feel confident, um, and your abilities, uh, that's like half the battle. <laughs> yeah, no, I, of course, because you are allowing yourself to be or to, to try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have this sort of philosophy of make it till, fake it till you make it. Yes. <laughs> you know? That's one of the ways you can get, uh, get by and just get things done. Believing that you can do it and then just finding the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like being an expert, of course, you need experience. You know, it, you need a lot of experience in order to qualify of, as an expert in this or that. Yes. Uh, but yes. Mostly also confidence, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to backtrack for a minute because you were talking about the, the coloring meditation workshops and you mentioned um, that you start the workshop with a meditation designed to like help people tap into their creativity. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about, I'm so curious, like what, what does that meditation look like? How do you, how do you support people in tapping into their creativity? Um, well, it's uh, going into the awareness in your more like energetic body, you know, like, okay. um, kind of like observing your, your body. I mean, you, you start, I start guiding the meditation in, in the way that, of course, you start finding the breath and just centering yourself. But then it's kind of like, making your vision, you know, like envisioning yourself uh, as this body of energy that mm-hmm. could be aligned or not aligned, you know, like it's, that's when you talk about the, the chakra system and all these ways of explaining how the body works. Mm. It's, it's, it's a way to, to think about yourself. And so for the creativity itself, uh, there is a, there's a center, the second chakra, uh, which is where you kind of like hold the, the power of creation. Okay. Each where, in, where in your body is the second chakra? It's in the pelvic floor. Okay. Um, yeah, like in the belly. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's basically creating awareness into that. I also like to, to focus the attention in your hands because they are your biggest tools to, hmm. to create anything. Uh, and also, I mean, there are other centers in your body. Uh, the fifth chakra, it's where you, it's in the throat. Mm-hmm. And it's the way you verbalize your ideas. You know, like when we talk, the expression, when you sing or any, any other way to express here in the throat, it's some people have a block there. They, they can really spell out what they want or what they think. So this is a center to, to concentrate and to awaken or to bring more awareness into it in your body i mean every everything all the ideas every feeling all the emotions they they are stuck in some part of our body Um, Hmm. so just creating awareness into into these ideas and just feel them in yourself so that the idea is that creating the awareness 
in these different spaces enables you to somehow start sort of loosening up hold on those things like to, yeah, to start the, enabling I mean, the energy to flow yeah but i will say that it's a it's a meditation that is not gonna be magical magical you know like sure. that in one one meditation <laughs> it's more like offering the tools for you to create a practice if, if you're like um if you meditate uh in constant basis then it's it's a it's a way to understand and to to come to, mm. to these ideas when you meditate um, mm. i mean there's people that have a, a meditation practice other don't so it's just like okay just thinking about these ideas and acknowledging that you have that power and that it's it could also be seen in your body in your physical yeah. body then that creates more of a, a empowerment for you for you to think okay i'm able to to be creative yeah or, that's awesome or you understand your body as as a creative self too i mean mm. especially being a woman i mean we have uh, the power to create in our body you know like we we yeah we can be moms so it's that's just amazing and that's there it is that's there that power is there mm. Mm. i love that have you ever uh recorded your this meditation uh no maybe i should <laughs> <laughs> i i would so love to, to hear have a recording of that meditation no, <laughs> i feel that, like i want to do that several days in a row or <laughs> that you have to attend to the session and then <laughs> fair enough fair enough so so this is how often do you do these coloring meditation sessions uh well so far it's been three um okay. the first one was the ruby museum second uh uh doing living uh, space and the third one at Kripalu I still okay. have the piece the big piece that I created for the last session is still not finished so I want to find a space to to create a new one okay um, so I'm talking to some studios but I, I don't have anything uh, set for now yeah but it will happen soon because I want at the end I think it's going to be very cool to collect these pieces because mm -hmm. they're pretty big um so they 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 look very i mean they're amazing because they are full of color and mm -hmm. it's the hands of more than one person so it's a collaboration yeah so at the yeah. end after i don't know how many sessions i'm gonna need but at some point i want to to have a, a show with those pieces hmm. so i don't know when it's a it's a work in progress for now yeah that's so cool um Awesome. So, okay. Speaking of the, the, these workshops, so, um, do you have other, apart from these coloring meditation sessions, uh, are there other sort of events or workshops or things that you do that people might be able to attend? Um, yeah. Uh, well, the next one is coming on April 21st. So maybe it's going to be late. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to say it anyway. It's, it's at the womb studio, womb center. It's one of my favorite studios. The Womb Center? Yes, in Manhattan. Huh. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be there uh, with a pop-up store with the leggings and some other surprises because it's a spring oh, cool. or by then, hopefully, the weather is <laughs> And uh, there's going to be uh, some cheese tasting that I'm also starting a company about vegan cheese uh, with mm. a significant order. 
So we're going to be offering that and some very nice tea that they have there and, and the leggings. And over the course of the day, there is like a lot of classes there. So that's coming. And then on May 24, there's going to be another yoga event uh, okay. by Seto Community. Uh, and there's going to be some cheese there, some offerings with cheese, vegan cheese, which is called Alki Botanica. And it's a very yummy um, vegan cheese. So Amazing. those things for now. I mean, I'm still <laughs> waiting to hear for other projects, but for now, uh, yeah. Happening. I love that. Like just at the end of this, we talked about all these different things that you do, and then <laughs> you like throw in another one. Like, oh yeah, I'm also starting to make vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a it's a constant evolution. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm keeping myself very busy these days. <laughs> yeah I love that uh, so if people want to attend these events or, or seek you out um, where can they find you so I'm very active on Instagram I'm always posting um, whatever is happening so mm -hmm. uh, my Instagram for my art is Miriam Castillo art mm -hmm. and I just opened the one for my leggings and my clothing so that's Miriam Castillo design and when you have events and stuff, will you post yeah. about the upcoming events on your Instagram? Yeah, for account? sure. And Facebook yeah. as well. And Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. My Facebook is my name. Um, and then I think for the legends is Miriam Castillo Design as well. Great. Facebook. Um, well, thank you so much, Miriam. Before we wrap up, is there any last things that you want to say? Um, well, just a big thank you uh, for you. I mean, thanks for... Uh, having this uh, talk, I think it's, it's very important to share personal stories, especially being an artist. I feel like there's a lot of mystery about how yes. people do their, <laughs> their careers or how they manage to, especially in New York, you know, like I feel like this is a city that gives you a ton of opportunity, but also you have to work 200%, not, not mm. 100%. So, yeah. so I think this is a, a great podcast. So yeah, thank you it's for my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure having you on here. <laughs> um, all right. It's been such, it's been so much fun and uh, definitely go check out Miriam's Instagram. She's got some beautiful stuff on there and uh, hopefully you'll be able to attend an event soon. Oh, um, and my website too, miriamcastillo.com. <laughs> I forgot that. Perfect. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> your, your primary place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but perhaps a little bit more static. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, social media. We live in social yeah. media most, yeah. most of the time. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you, Dana. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Creative People. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook at Dina Adrian's Coaching and join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. See you again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel.